Welcome to Jacksonville.Radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to our North Florida neighborhood. Hey, and welcome to North Florida neighborhood. I'm Colby. And North Florida neighborhood, it's really cool because we get to get to know our neighbors and hear what really cool stuff they're doing with us and for us and our community. And today, the neighbor we're chatting with, it's Curtis Loftus. He's the founder of Deck the Chairs. Curtis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited to have you. Curtis, give me a brief rundown on what Deck the Chairs is all about. All right. I'll try to be brief. It's our ninth season. season. Uh, It's a grassroots nonprofit founded uh, in 2012 out in Jack's Beach. Uh, After a season when Jack's Beach actually had absolutely no lights anywhere, Mm. holiday lights anywhere in the downtown space, along the boardwalk, um, you know, streets, first street, uh, third street, basically dark. And there were a couple people that noticed uh, groups. I was part of a business group that sort of paid attention. Um, there was the Pablo Towers folks, uh, Assisted Living. They paid attention. They We all in 2013, different ways we had, we approached this, but talked to city leaders, what happened, what's going on with, you know, holidays, the season, lights, and, and sort of. And that year, I came up with this concept of based on a similar idea that Otis Smith Foundation had done with the manatees, painting manatees yeah. and decorating them and using the businesses and artists and you combine these kind of ideas and put these manatees around the city and it's really a nice cultural experience and it also helps the business. So I shared this concept with Decorated Lifeguard Chairs. It's a long story how that worked out but <laughs> city loved it, said go ahead, give it a try Curtis and they gave us a chance in the park 2013 that little pavilion park space. Actually, it was just Latham Plaza. So we had maybe 16 chairs, 18 chairs in Latham Plaza that I got the businesses to sponsor, decorate, and put in the space so that we could have some kind of holiday-lighted experience. Really unique, very different from anything I'd ever seen. I mean, this thing grew from very much scraps of paper, simple Mm -hmm. ideas, to really nine years later what you're seeing today. But uh, simultaneously, other people, businesses got jumped in and and decorated some uh, street poles. We had the the folks at... uh, public towers the assisted living people jump over and start to help us with deck the chairs they actually to this day are one of our long-standing i call them our streakers people that continue to decorate chairs with us that started in 2013 so that group over there public towers heart and soul one of them of deck the chairs so <laughs> there's so many wonderful stories but that's what we do every year we get together with uh, sponsors small business we get together with hundreds of volunteers kids that are doing community service hours and we're in that park for literally almost two months uh, <laughs> where we decorated and then put this exhibit on and now there's programming stage. I, I'll stop now because I think and, I can go way too fast and no, <laughs> take, and, take too much of this but it has grown a lot over the last nine years I mean Curtis we can talk about it all we want <laughs> I've gone I think this year it'll be my fourth year going and basically like we can't say enough about it you just have to go there's tons of lifeguard chairs that are decorated and it the setup is really cool because there's a lot of like photo opportunities and it's fun and there's hot chocolate and there's music and they're synchronized with the music and it's just like it's the perfect winter wonderland for Jacksonville so we need to go but with all of that Curtis like this is well, a- wait one more thing one more thing yes. are you ready for this I'm so ready it's free it's free yes and one of the things I did not really understand I mean I'm brand new to this whole event business <laughs> promoting this is something I never imagined doing like my life and the projection of what I was going to do with my life <laughs> never saw me as this the founder of an event like this so i've learned a ton but one mm-hmm. of the things that i do know more than anything else right now is that families uh, kids mm-hmm. the experiential aspect of deck to chairs because we offer it for free and it's safe and accessible yeah. uh we've never sold alcohol and that's a you know mm-hmm. really a wonderful kind of thing that came about it's because safe, we talked yeah. to the city and the space and what we wanted to do with it so literally it is this 
crazy cool accessible space that makes the parents feel cool mm-hmm. i mean really like the kids can come into that space and enjoy it and they can come time after time and so if you have watched deck the chairs grow and been a part of it and you're someone with children you know exactly what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like this wonderful little space that's grown and it's inspiring for the kids and it's mm-hmm. free so that's that's what i'm proud of that mm-hmm. we've been able to build this with volunteers and sponsors and keep it free keep it safe so mm-hmm. Just wanted to add that in there. I can't believe I forgot to mention it was free Um, because that's definitely a drawing factor. But because it's free for us, that means you guys have to get a lot of fundraising, a lot of sponsorship, a lot of volunteer work. So what was the most recent... I'm setting you up for a question. I already know the answer to. What was the most recent feat you tackled in order to get the ball rolling a little harder for Deck the Chairs? Well, so... um Two things happen, and I know you're going to go to this marathon surf thing that just got completed, mm-hmm. and that was a, a, a fundraiser that uh, I pitched to the board <laughs> five months ago, I think. So um, early in the year, the board gets together. This is a 501c3, and uh, we talk about the year ahead and try to figure out what we want to do. Well, there's a light show that's been essentially the tree, the whimsical tree in the park for since 2016, it's been programmed with lights and music, and the sponsors and corporate partners that sit around that tree are part of the show. Mm. Hasn't changed at all. It's a very interesting show, but it's kind of quirky and a little bit, um, it's not a cohesive show. I mean, I've been wanting to see a way to ex- enhance that show and make it a little more cohesive. So I pitched the idea early in the year, board, here's this concept but it's going to take some money. And, and, you know, this is one of those, again, where you're starting from scratch, you have no money, and you're hoping an idea can evolve and become something real. Well, we've been building and and working towards this, and it turned out mid-May, around May, when we typically do our fundraiser because of COVID, because of some other stuff, the board just didn't want to stress our small businesses in Jack's Beach. Those Mm -hmm. are the ones that support us and have helped us over the years with um, an event called uh, the chair fair and we have it at um, the Casa Marina and there's usually a couple hundred people well this year we just we didn't want to stress our small businesses and we thought what are we going to do and I shared this idea I 10 years ago fundraised on behalf of Donna the 26.2 national marathon uh, where we raised up about 10 grand by doing a surf marathon um, in October, 10 years ago. And so I broke a world record surfing in the ocean on behalf of 26.2 with Donna for 30, well, about 30 hours, oh, 29.1 hours. And I caught 300, uh, 317 waves at the time. It was, it was a Guinness Book of World Record. I was 50 years old. And I said, maybe <laughs> I could take that concept and move it forward into this year and see if we can do some fundraising off of that. Board to look at me like, all right, Curtis, this is you yeah. Know, if exactly you do it, you, no one else yeah, is. If you feel like doing that? We'll, we'll <laughs> whatever. You and we'll, yep, whatever. And so, um, sure enough, we we got to October. Been planning it. I'm trying to get myself in shape, and I'm 60 now, of course. And uh, so I paddled out into the ocean on October 26th, the Monday morning, uh, with the plan and intent to surf for over close to 40 hours. The world record right now is 30 hours, 11 minutes. And I would have needed to surf with my surf breaks, which is five minutes every hour. I would have needed to surf a minimum of 30, basically 33 hours to break that previous record, the one that exists right now. So I go out in the ocean with 40 hours in my head. It's uh, Monday morning, the 26th. I've gonna, I'm going to surf for, for an extended, you know, two days almost, and then um, try to catch what is the, the current record, 450 waves. I'm going to try to catch, you know, over 500 waves. Um, and uh, it turns out this thing's done. I wrapped up just a week ago. I surfed for, oh goodness, it was only 33 hours. I, I only? 33 hours. Yep. I, <laughs> yeah, you're right. So it was 33 hours, but I caught um, over 600 waves, 638 waves. And that's a whole nother story, but it was all on behalf, 100% of the money raised with the people that were supporting me through donations, people that found out about it wanted to help with a virtual auction because we had that going online. We raised up over, I think we're over $22,000 right now. And so we hit 
every goal. It's not huge money, but in the scheme of things for a nonprofit like us, it's exactly what we needed to fill the gap with building this new light show. So when we get back to not me talking, but you talking, I want you to ask me about the new light show because it's pretty extraordinary what we're doing. And people, when they come out in the park and they're there in the space and they're seeing the holidays and the decorated chairs and they're looking at their beautiful Jack's Beach Pavilion in the downtown, I think they're going to be amazed. We better appreciate this new light show because it costs 33 hours of you surfing, which I mean... I think my record is four hours and like, and I'm beat for the entire day. So <laughs> I, I, w- I want to get to this new light show, but Curtis, first of all, like 33 hours for doing anything mm, yeah. is a long time. What did you, you do yeah, <laughs> in between sets? Like when you weren't actually standing up and surfing? Cause those, those intervals, those periods, that's a long time yeah. of just waiting. Yeah. It was well, so it, it was pretty strategic. I, mm-hmm. I had the experience from 10 years earlier. I didn't do a lot of crazy, like I'm going to surf for eight hours for practice and stuff like that. Yeah. Basically it's a head, it's a head game. It really is. And, and for sure, I'll just say this. I knew, you know, prayer would, was going to be involved. Mm-hmm. I was going to get myself spiritually right. I was going to get myself physically right I just my head was going to be tripping because I'd feel lonely and frustrated and I knew the water temp could get to me and I knew certainly the nighttime was going to get to me so a lot of it was just preparing my head and and then being ready for you know unfortunately I I, or fortunately I tell people this but I had to surrender Mm. myself essentially to the elements and just go look I'm going to be a person you know, physically moving through this endurance effort. I'm going to feed my body best I can. I'm going to take the breaks when I'm supposed to take them. But I know mentally and spiritually I'm going to get challenged and I just need to have my heart set. And that's what the primary goal was, is get my heart and head right for this thing. And I did eight hours with, you know, from 7 a.m. I went for eight hours, took a a 15, 20-minute break and got myself refueled and tried to change my wetsuit out, but it didn't work. Um, Got back in the ocean with the wetsuit back on, the same old wetsuit, and went back for another eight hours. And it got into the nighttime, and sure enough, I was that was when you know the attacks start to happen you you know you start to question yourself you start to worry about your physical well-being you know it's a, it's a trip in the middle of the night you know we had some people out there i wasn't alone but um you do around four in the morning five in the morning i was catching waves i caught 200 waves in the in the nighttime with the moon oh my and stars gosh. above me 200 waves in the nighttime, which is crazy. Uh, I did have friends on the beach, and the whole mm-hmm. time I wasn't alone alone, but there were times, you know, you could yeah. get yourself into a headspace that's really frustrating. And I I tell people that from a physiological standpoint, I mean, my worst experience, the, the hardest was probably around five, between five, six, six, before the same came up. And it happened to me the last time because you're just physically exhausted mm-hmm. and you're waiting for the sun, you're waiting for the, the cold and damp and, and all the stuff to end. And if you can, you know, just quick, as quick as it can, can end. And then the sun comes up and it's the craziest thing. Everything. Physically, I was the same guy out there, but my, my spirit, my mind, it just, it shifts. And I was so excited to have the sun up. I was so excited to see people on the beach, see that, you know, see the waves coming in finally again, that I could ride and not, you know, squint through the salt water and the darkness to catch a wave. It was just awesome. So. <laughs> Really wonderful experience. Wouldn't recommend it to anyone else, but, you know, we, <laughs> we caught 638 waves at the end of this whole thing, and it was it was exciting. It was really cool. Will you try and do it again, like maybe in another 10 years and top your current record, or if by that point somebody's already beat it, try and top that? <laughs> You'll be 70. So I was, Yeah, I'll be 70, and I did think of that. And actually, when I was out there, at one point in the night, it was probably my crazy talk in my head, <laughs> but I had a friend with me, and I said, you know, if I could get to a 1,000 waves on this event where I just hit that mark, yeah. then no one will ever want to try this. No one will want to, you know, and maybe I could just rest and not ever worry about it again. <laughs> but I left the door open. You're exactly right. I don't know at 70 how healthy I'll be or where I'm going to be, you know, with these events that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. But why not? You know, it's yeah. there. You're right. It's it's out there as a vision thing. And I may, who knows, if I'm lucky enough and granted the capacity to, to continue to surf, <laughs> I may look a lot sillier. But what? Who knows? What kind of injuries did you get? Because that's like 
That's a lot going on mm-hmm. at once. Yeah, everything got kind of injured. Knees were <laughs> were banged up. My toe is big toe on the left foot because if a, if so, you surf right. Mm-hmm. When you jump on up on a surfboard, if you're not careful and you're kind of lazy about how you jump up, you can drag your feet. You know, when you pull your legs underneath you to stand up on the surfboard, you you can you can hit parts like knees can get hit and your toes can get hit um well i kept hitting my left big toe because i'm goofy foot (laughs) and i'm talking like 600 times hitting that big left toe so right now the toenail is going to fall off it's (laughs) black and blue and it looks it looks ugly as that's disgusting and then the the, yep it's disgusting and then um the knees are banged but they're getting better um the wetsuit ruined parts of my body that i can't talk about but Mm -hmm. it was like um i had uh, about you know, a solid week of rashes to, to heal up on my neck, my, you know, side. I bounced off the shore on a really, really kind of powerful small shore break wave where I got thrown down onto the beach. And I mean, I literally bounced off the beach. Um, and so my back is kind of tweaked a little bit, but that was the worst. That back injury, it's healed or healing. And, you know, I'm really in pretty good shape right now. So as we go... And it, it was worth it. Yeah, it sounds like it. And as we go and see this new light show, we need to keep all of this in <laughs> mind. Again, I have the privilege <laughs> of chatting with Curtis Loftus. He's the founder for Deck the Chairs. All right, Curtis, we just heard all the work you did to get us this new light show. Now tell me about the new light show. Well, and I'm going to say, again, thank you to the board for being at least the sound mind and you know the the, the thoughtful part of deck the chairs because there are people like me that you know cast out ideas and you know we do need people managing and and being you know the the wise folks that help get everything finally done and so to the to the board and my wife and my kids and everyone mm-hmm. that you know all my sponsors the people that support me i just want to make sure that i say thank you to you know letting me do this crazy thing and then what you'll see in the park is um really two large i'm going to call them sea they're they're fish it looks like large fish but if you think deck the chairs and where it was all sort of the premise of it when i was originally designing and thinking that second year of deck the chairs what it's supposed to look like out in the park the way i concepted deck the chairs even after the chairs got decorated and what we were supposed to do as a theme i imagined dr zeus you know the whoville with the tree the quirky tree and all that i imagine it would be the the concepts would be surrounding Dr. Zeus meets Nemo. That was always sort of my <laughs> kind of trajectory for this. It would be sea life, sea creatures, and there would be this Dr. Zeus kind of fun, whimsical Christmas thing, and that's where we're going. So when you see this new display, you're going to see uh, metal fabrication, 10 lifeguard chairs surrounding the tree with these large, two large fish, I'll call them they're not serpents. That sounds like a weird word, but they're large fish made up of musical instruments. So each fish has a, an instrument, let's call it uh, five instruments in it. So there's a piano you'll see, there's or piano keys, you'll see a harp, you'll see this wonderful, I'll call it the seahorse, um, kind of French horn looking creature. Uh, there's a guitar that has this really wonderful sea serpent look to it. So all combined, each of these instruments flow together and make what looks like a large fish. And the fish with these instruments actually have motion sensor devices on them. And so when kids are playing in that space, this is something that I've been hoping for, you know, a way to engage children a little bit more interactive when they're in that space and there's maybe just the music and the holiday experience, but no light show going on. Well, those little instruments will talk to the fish or the big instruments. So they play in front of the harp, you hear harp noise. They play in front of the guitar, there's guitar noises, (laughs) there's a guitar riff. So it's always active, always activated by children and play, you know, and the children playing in that space. So 
I think it's going to be cool. It's brand new. We're still building pieces of it. I mean, every day we're back and forth between artistic contractors doing the fabrication, the people that are helping from sponsorship, because each of these is like either the harp is going to be sponsored by the Jaguars, and then there's another piece that's sponsored by Baptist Health. So everyone has a little piece of this, and I want it to be done in a way so all these people are proud of how this experience works with children. It's a lot. Okay, so that's why you surfed for 33 hours. And that sounds so fun. (laughs) Curtis, since you're the founder, you're going to be a little biased, but tell me anyways, what is your favorite chair this year? Okay, so 45 chairs decorated, right? Mm -hmm. I have to, again, share with you, beaches go green, they're coming back. But, and that was the octopus and that mm-hmm. energy and that whole plastics display is going to be reimagined a little bit. So I'm super curious. They're calling it Inspiration Pathway. Super curious how that all gets set up and what that looks like. But on the Latham side, where we have the 24 lifeguard chairs and all of our small businesses and nonprofits who are decorating, I will say I've seen some really, really cool chairs already, concepts that will blow your mind. We have, ah, gosh, should I say it? I'm going to say it. You know, (laughs) audience, don't, yeah. So we have Holiday Aviation, brand new for deck chairs. They're I've seen this plane that's been constructed. They're, they do flight instruction and stuff out of Craig Field. They built a like a not a full scale plane, but I'm talking like <laughs> I've seen the pictures, and they're going to set the plane on top of a chair. They're going to have a runway coming off the chair. They're going to have lights. Up, oh, oh yeah, it's crazy. And then of course, Public Towers is coming back with their Santa rocket sled. And then I've seen um, the folks over at. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club, they're redesigning, rethinking their chair. It's this massive lighthouse-looking thing. I really shouldn't be giving giving all this away, but every one of the chairs now, as people have experienced it and seen what other folks do and how it works, every year we get better. Every year someone's you know thinking a little bit more about the children and how they can interact with them and the families and the people that are in the park space. So it really, the display, if you ask anyone, they'll say the display gets better every year. And that's part of our challenge, too, because we know that. And we want to make sure that, we, you know, our goal is, hey, can we make this better every yeah. year? And and that's part of the deal. We're, you know, we're growing. We're still grassroots. We still have a big need for donations and for support from volunteers. But we manage. And every year we make it happen so we're excited to be bringing it back one more year and you you didn't give it all away you only told us about a handful of chairs out of 45 you said what are you hoping people walk away with after coming to deck the chairs curtis (sighs) um obviously joy of the season uh it's really gets to be basic uh when you get that down to it i i really learned and you've heard a million times from me already when you see a child out in that park space and you see the joy in their hearts and you see the families and sometimes these families have nine kids you know you see just tons of kids (laughs) come out of a car no really it's amazing now and so they're walking through the park and there's a you know there's a whole group and they're all you know they're hopeful they're looking you know for just the experience of Christmas and holidays and you can provide that and you can do it with this quirky fun thing that didn't exist nine years ago, 10 years ago. Um, I, our goal is safe, accessible, joyful. And if we get those posts on social media and we have people saying that we've shared it with friends and my, you know, grandparents came from Wisconsin or so-and-so came from California and they just love deck the chairs and, or we come back every year and sometimes we come three times a year, (laughs) you know, that's, it's just the joy. It's just making, you know, people happy Mm -hmm. and we need more of that. It's public park space and you, you can see the transformation of that public park space and how it impacts a community and how it impacts the small businesses. So, Really, it's got so many benefits to it. We just got to run it well. Well, Curtis, we're super excited. Tell me when it's happening and where we can get more information. Five o'clock, we turn on lights, and then it's open until one. The light shows runs on the hour again, every hour starting at six. So six, seven, eight, and nine, we have light shows. And then every weekend, if you go to deckthechairs.org, you'll see a schedule. And every weekend has something going on, some kind of programming. So the Jags have come back. We've got... um the like I said, beaches go green. Uh, we've got brand new chairs, brand new decorations, and some new people. Pro, you know that'll be on the stage for holiday programs. 
So check us out, deckthechairs.org, and find the schedule, and we'll keep updating it. And email if you have questions, info at deckthechairs.org. All right, Curtis, thank you so much for all you do and for being such a great neighbor in our neighborhood. Thank you, Colby. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week, and if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at jacksonville.radio. and Farm Christmas Trees is open again in Callahan. Fresh-cut North Carolina Fraser firs are in stock. From 5 to 14 feet, come early for the best selection. Griffin Farm Christmas Trees is next to Star on US-1 in Callahan. Open weekdays noon till 9, Saturday and Sunday 10 till 9 till the trees are gone. It's an annual tradition, getting a fresh-cut North Carolina Fraser fir at Griffin Farm Christmas Trees in Callahan. It's not just boughs of holly that are going to deck your halls this holiday season. It's you decking the whole house with outdoor lights and holiday decor from the Home Depot. Fill your yard with Yuletide treasure like a hand-painted LED reindeer sculpture. Want to build a snowman? You can with our six-foot sparkling snowman covered in lights. You can even pair it with a Disney inflatable spin. You know, from the movie your kids still watch three times a day. Tis the season to make things jolly and the Home Depot has everything you need to make the holidays yours. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Panera believes in saying yes. Yes to clean, fresh ingredients. Yes to the new chicken sausage and pepperoni flatbread topped with rich mozzarella. Yes to delicious mac and cheese. Yes to putting it on a sandwich, creating the grilled mac and cheese sandwich. And yes to impromptu road trips to Sandwich, Illinois. Because that's living life to the flavor fullest. Get $1 delivery when you order on our app. Panera, live your yes. Pricing and product availability may vary. Visit PaneraBread.com. There's confusion about how to protect yourself from COVID. One thing is certain. Whether or not you're vaccinated, you need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, the leading sign of flu and COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers that have little or no scientific studies. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Learn more at exergen.com. How do you hide God's Word in your hearts if you've never held it in your hands? Imagine being among millions of believers in the world without a Bible, including Miguel, a student in Latin America. Send a Bible today for $5 or $20 for $100. Fewer than one in three people around the world has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Just $5 will provide a Bible and a change of life this holiday season. Call 800-YES-WORD or visit this station's website. Hey, fellow homeowners, interest rates could be on the rise, so don't miss this window of opportunity. Take advantage of today's historically low rates when you call Purpose Funding. You can save up to $750 per month on your monthly mortgage payment. Skip up to two months of payments and close in as little as 15 days. That's extra money put right back into your pocket through the holiday season. They'll show you how to save lots of money by paying off high interest debt and use that savings to pay your home off quickly. Call the trusted experts at Purpose Funding today and speak to a knowledgeable agent. The consultation is free, but your savings could be substantial. Just 15 minutes is all it takes. Call Purpose Funding today. 888-991-1890. 888-991-1890. You could save as much as $750 per month on your monthly mortgage. Skip up to two months of mortgage payments and close in as little as 15 days. Call 888-991-1890 or PurposeFunding.com. Purpose Funding. NMLS number 273299. Welcome to Jacksonville.Radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood.
and welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby, and North Florida Neighborhood is all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really cool stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Felicia Boyd. She's a program and outreach director for the Timaquan Parks Foundation. Felicia, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Colby. So now, first, give me a rundown on what the parks are all about. So, um, as many people know, Jacksonville has the largest urban park system in the United States, which um, people say that, but then they don't really know where they are. We've got uh, the, the National Park Service has the uh, Timaquan Ecological Historic Preserve, so they have a large um, national preserve here in Duval County. We have state parks, and then we have city preservation parks. Um, we call them our wilderness parks that ring the county. And so um, as the Timaquan Parks Foundation, we are the friends group, as our support organization for those three park partners and for those preservation parks throughout the city. And you said you're the friends group. So what does that mean for y'all? Yeah. So we're, like I said, we're the support organization. So we uh, help our park partners if they need, um, we do a lot of volunteer projects in the parks, if they need trail maintenance, uh, shoreline cleanups, boardwalks built. Um, we help provide volunteers to help with those services. But we also, um, one of our big things is, is making sure that people know about the parks and that they're accessible and that we give opportunities for programming in the parks. So we, we support our park partners with some of their programming, uh, but we also do some of our own just to get some uh, people out into the parks. The what? parks are valuable not only from a recreational standpoint but also from uh, you know sustainability and keeping our city resilient because these are open natural spaces what kind of programming are y'all able to do for the parks so um, we do a lot of outreach to um, related to health and equity as far as um, a while back we realized that we were talking to people that the parks are great for hiking and biking and boating and fishing and kayaking and canoeing and bird watching and we were always talking to the people that already do that kind of thing and so um, we've really tried to focus our programming on what we call non-traditional audiences to let them know you can these parks are yours you can use these parks to help get healthy, both physically and mentally. So um, so we have programming directed towards seniors that might suffer from loneliness or isolation. Um, we have partnered with ARP, and we were doing some um, uh, healthy living series walks in the park. So we have some seniors come. We do some light stretching, uh, take a one- or two-mile walk, and then do some sort of uh, programming like plein air painting or drumming or a ranger program. Um, they've been virtual since COVID, but um, I think this fall we're probably going to try to do some more um, some more walks with seniors. Um, we've um, we work with youth with special needs uh, to come out and take them kayaking, and they do service projects, and then we do ranger programs. Um, we work with Groundwork Jacksonville for, with their urban teens, come out every summer for kayaking and fishing at Dutton Island. Um, uh, they did a history walk at Hannah Park this year. Um, and then we're getting ready to work with our national park partner with a junior ranger angler program. It's a kids' fishing program. So different ways. Oh, we also have a beginning hiking, women mm. only, that we've partnered with North Florida Trailblazers. Um, last year, we um, we rebranded an area up on the north side that's a state park, national park, or national preserve, and um, a couple of... Um, City Parks and North Florida Land Trust, and they all make one large park group. So we call that the Seven Creeks Recreation Area, and so again, a, a large area where you can go hiking and biking and um, fishing and kayaking. But we had people say, I want to go to women, particularly would say, I want to go out there, but I don't want to go out by myself. And so we've started doing some beginning hiking women only to try to get women and girls comfortable with being in the woods because a lot of these people may, it may not 
be something that's done regularly. I was going to say, it sounds really cool for these people who might avoid going to out to the parks because they don't want to go alone. And you make it, no, here's different programs with people who are interested in the same things as you are. Correct. Or, and, and not even, I mean, they might not even, they get to meet other people that um, have a diversity of interest also. Mm. So it kind of helps you get out of your out of your bubble. <laughs> yeah. And being with the same people all the time. So those are some of the programs you offer, but what would you say your overall mission for the parks are? So our, our mission is to preserve and protect and enhance um, the parks for, you know, community and, you know, engaging the community to get them connected to their parks, to have everyone realize what special places they, that these are. Um, we love the parks. We want we want those parks to still be here when our kids are, you know, all grown up, which they are. But um, but to do that, we have to make the parks relevant. You know, we can't just say, oh, there's this beautiful woodsy area that you can go for a hike in, <laughs> because that's just not going to, you know, I mean, it's worth it to me, but it's not worth it to, you know, somebody else necessarily. And so we have to make them relevant, and they really are um you know, nature therapy and creating healthful spaces is so important now. And the parks are these healthful spaces to get physically active and physically um, healthy as well as mentally healthy, especially now when, you know, you're really not supposed to be doing stuff inside. You're supposed to be outside. Have you been, a, how do you start making the parks more relevant since it, relevancy changes day to day? Yeah, so relevant um, a couple of different ways that we need to get that message out. One, again, is, is focusing on the health benefits of parks. Everybody, tall, short, fat, thin, old, young, can benefit from going out to the parks from a health standpoint. So that, you know, that widens that audience to everybody. Everybody in Jacksonville can use the parks to get healthy. Um, the other way that they're relevant is to is to focus on the fact that, you know, we've got sea level rise, we've got flooding, and these natural spaces with their salt marshes and um, vegetation and 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 non-paved surfaces um, are a great defense against that flooding and sea level rise. And so we need those natural spaces to protect the city. And so there's a couple of different ways. So, you know, that part of the preserve part is making sure that these preservation parks actually stay preserved. And these parks are so relevant, like like you've been saying throughout the whole chat. So what upcoming events do you guys have for us? So we've got, um, we have things throughout the year. Um, we're kind of coming down off of our volunteer projects from the summer, but we've got um, an upcoming uh, September 18th. We are, it's a Saturday, we are partnering with City of Jacksonville, Keep Jacksonville Beautiful. They do, uh, they participate in the International Coastal Cleanup. So we will be site captains at Ready Point Preserve, which is up in Arlington, and Catherine Addy Hanna Park. So um, a lot of the, our volunteer projects are to get people to different parks. You know, people may not. I just spoke with some young ladies at JU. They're probably two miles from Ready Point. They've been there three years, and they never knew it was there. <laughs> so we're going to be doing a project with them, and they'll actually get to see it. And then that's somewhere that they can go. Um, so we'll be at Ready Point in Hannah, and then on um, September 25th is National Public Lands Day, and we're partnering with the Friends of Talbot Island for their Talbot Tidewater Challenge. And this is a celebration, I'm sorry, Talbot Tidewater Celebration, and this is a um, a family-friendly event. It's free. They will have guided hikes. Um, I'm sorry, this will be up at the Rabot Club on Fort George Island Cultural State Park. Um, they'll have guided hikes. They'll have a fishing clinic for kids. They'll have um, kayaks and canoes that people can go out and paddle around and come back. They'll have um, sea turtle and gopher tortoise exhibitions. Uh, Keith Ashley from UNF will have an archaeology exhibit. 
There'll be um, other environmental exhibitors there. I think they're going to have bingo. <laughs> they're going to have nature trivia. So um, it's really a fun, a fun way to get people outdoors out to this beautiful site, um, learning about some of the new tra- some of the trails that are out there. Um, so it should be a really fun day. It's uh, Saturday, 25th, Saturday, September 25th from 10 to 3. Okay, and then that... that... Um, if the kids, and if kids, if kids sign up for the fishing clinic, um, they can go online to sign up for the fishing clinic. Uh, they're giving away 75 poles to the first 75 kids. Okay, yeah. and if we want to get involved and find out more, Felicia, where should we go? Um, you can go to uh, um our website. Um, we have a, uh, a Facebook, which is Timaclum Parks Foundation, and the person that takes care of that uh, is always putting interesting things and updating, and so that's a that's probably the best way to find out is through our Facebook page. And just day-to-day for us, what do you see that the parks need from their neighbors? Uh, we would just like people to be involved. We want, um, you know, go visit your park, uh, participate in a program. Uh, again, if people don't go to the parks, then they don't really care about them. And so, uh, you know, we really are trying to get people out to see um, the benefits and and why they should, you know, why why parks are so important. It's such a such a defining part of, of Jacksonville, and it's just some people, you know, just don't even know about it. Mm-hmm. So, tell me one more time that website and how we can get involved. Okay, so it's timaquanparks.org, T I M U C U A N P A R K S dot org. Um, they can just say, I want to be a volunteer or I just want more information. Um, and we'll we'll get in touch with them and get them involved. Okay, well, Felicia, thank you so much for all you do and for being a great neighbor in our neighborhood. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week. And if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at Jacksonville.radio. Welcome to Jacksonville.radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby. And North Florida Neighborhood, it's all about getting to know our neighbors and just hearing what really cool stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Rosa Nicholas. She's a kettle coordinator for the Salvation Army. Rosa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so very much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Okay, Rosa, now give me a rundown on what the Salvation Army is all about. Well, the Salvation Army is uh, dedicated to helping the homeless. Um, We help them with shelter, and we also help those that are in need um, of their hunger, and we provide food, we provide shelter, we also uh, deal with uh, disasters. We have a number of different programs, such as meal ministry, Uh, We have a probation office, which is downstairs, and that's helping individuals that have gotten in trouble in the court system get everything back together and get their lives straight. So we have a number of wonderful programs that are going on, and uh, the Salvation Army is their right to help anyone that is in need. It's cool because it sounded like you started off saying, hey, we're here to meet these basic human needs And then go above and beyond. That is correct. Mm -hmm. If you need us, we're there for you. Mm -hmm. Rosa, and the whole point, like the Salvation Army is here to be there for us. And one way you do that is through the community support. And that's why you guys are hosting the second annual Kettle Telethon. Yes. Okay. So we have the Red Kettle, uh, which is getting ready to start here soon. This is the largest fundraiser that the Salvation Army has. And I have the pleasure of working with the volunteers in the community that you will see positioned in front of Publix, Winn-Dixie, Walmart, Dillard's, Sam's Club, and a number of other different locations. 
when we are standing out there, you'll see our equipment, you'll see a person ringing the bell. They are literally ringing the bell to save a life Mm. because all of the funding that is raised during the Red Kettle campaign goes into all those programs and services that I mentioned when we first started talking. So it is an extremely important campaign, and if you see us standing at one of the locations, please don't pass us by. You can drop in coins. You can drop in bills. Last year, someone even dropped in a diamond ring. Oh, my gosh. You are, again, really, really, really saving a life when you do this. And who can come out and ring the bells? So anyone can uh, come out and ring the bells, even if you um, have a child that is trying to receive community service hours, mm-hmm. as long as there is an adult with them, because you will be taking in money, uh, an adult will be with the person 12 years and over. Um, but we have it open to seniors, young people, people that are in high school, anyone that is interested in giving back to the community is welcome to come and ring the bell and it's really simple to do if you're interested in doing it we have an online registration it's called register to ring so you would go on the register to ring site you would fill out some basic information and then it is going to take you in a site with all of the different locations that we have that is available for you to ring so you want to stay within your neighborhood Why? Because your neighbors know you. So when you're standing out there and you're ringing the bell, you might run into the neighbor next door or someone you go to church with, and then you can explain to them why you're out there ringing the bell for the Salvation Army. Rosa, what if I want to come and help out, but I don't have four hours to dedicate to ringing the bell? Can I still do it maybe just for one hour? I'm just asking you for two. And if you only have one hour, I'll take that one hour, because remember, when you're ringing a bell... You're saving a life. And go a little bit more in detail about what this money is going to go towards. Okay. As I said before, it goes into our programs and services. We help the homeless, so you're going to help provide with shelter. We also help those that are struggling. Um, you know, they may be having problems putting food on the table. We have a huge food pantry. And now that we are in COVID or have been in COVID, We have had people that normally do not visit that food pantry that are coming to the food pantry and they're asking for groceries. We used to do something like 30 um, boxes a week. Now that's over 100. That just tells you that the need is greatly there. We also help uh, people that are struggling with addictions. There are various programs and services that they can come in and they can get help with that, with anger management classes. If we were to have a disaster, um, you know, we have hurricanes here. So what happens during hurricanes? We get called out. We have what is called a canteen. That canteen can go out and it can feed hundreds of people at one time. So we're there. We're first-line responsors for disasters. But mainly we are just there to help those that are um, in need of support and they can't help themselves. We also have an angel tree program. This is Christmas time. What does that mean? There are families that are struggling every day and especially around the holidays, and they cannot provide gifts for their children. So we have this wonderful program, which is called the Angel Tree Program, and we have people around the community that will go to one of our angel trees. They'll take an angel off the tree. It has a child's name with their age and three suggestions of what they can buy them for Christmas. We have over 5,000 children that we're going to be providing gifts for. So if you see an angel tree, if you're in an Ashley furniture store, if you're in a Sunny's, a barbecue, or if you're in a Sam's Club and you see a tree that has angels hanging from that, and um, if it so moves you, please take one of the angels off and help provide a Christmas for a child in need. 
Now, remember, if you take an angel off the tree, (laughs) please bring the items back because that is a child that is waiting to have their dreams fulfilled. Mm, And so do you have a certain goal you're trying to reach overall? Um, Yes. So because we are, um, this is the biggest fundraiser, we try to get over uh, half a million um, in funding um, because it has to last throughout the whole year. Okay. And then how are you going to differ this fundraiser from years past? Well, um, you know, last year we were literally trying to rescue Christmas. We really didn't know how everything was going to go because we're, we're in COVID. We're still in COVID. So we didn't know if we were even going to be able to stand out in front of the locations mm-hmm. and ring the bell. But everything worked out and we were able to do it. People were extremely generous. Like I said, someone dropped a diamond ring in one of our kettles and it was a priceless ring. Um, it brought in quite a bit of funding for the Salvation Army. This year, our theme is Hope Marches On. And we say that because, again, last year we had to rescue Christmas. And this year, we are still hopeful. People are hopeful, and we are trying to help, again, those that are most in need. So we do the same thing every year. We depend on the generosity of the community to help support us. The Salvation Army that is located at 328 North Ocean Street is the very first Salvation Army that was stateside, and it happened here in Jacksonville, Florida. We just celebrated 130 years of service to the community, and so we're very proud of what we do every day. And what do you need from your community, Rosa, to help stand alongside you and make this better than last year? We need volunteers. It takes a lot of people to stand out and ring the bell. The bell season starts November the 26th, and it goes through December the 24th. We start ringing bells at 10 a.m. in the morning. We start at, stop at 8 p.m. at night. Wow. The shifts are two hours. We do this uh, six days a week from Monday through Saturday. That's a lot of time to be out ringing the bells. The only time we do not ring is on Sunday. Um, and we need volunteers to help us. So we are calling on the community, and if we didn't have the community support, we really couldn't do this. We have 47 locations. So what do we need? We need volunteers. Um, as I said, the actual season starts on the 26th, but there are some locations that have said, hey, you can start ringing at our sites earlier. And those locations are Dillard's at the Town Center, Dillard's at the Avenue, Hobby Lobby at the Town Center, and then Hobby Lobby at O St. Augustine Road. And then we have Walmarts that have said, hey, you can ring for us. So if you have nothing to do and you have two hours to spare, I need volunteers. And I'd really appreciate it if you would come and help ring a bell with us. And how can we get linked up to do that? Well, as I said before, you can go on Register to Ring. If you have a computer, go on Register to Ring, and that will help you fill out a a form. It it will ask you some information like your email address. It's going to ask you about your availability, and it will show you all the locations where we're going to ring. Now, if you don't have a computer, you can just give me a call. I can be reached at 904-301-4852, and I will help you get registered. It's really simple. So if you don't have a computer, just give me a call and I will still get you registered. We'll give you all the information at that given time as to when you get to the location, where you go and pick up your equipment, how to assemble the equipment, about ringing the bell. We'll talk with you about safety precautions because we're still in COVID. And let me just say this, that last year in the midst of all this COVID, we didn't have one person get ill. Um, We took every safety precaution that is known to man to make sure that our volunteers were safe. 
And so we will be doing the same thing this year. We need you, we value you, and we're asking you to be a part of our team. Well, Rosa, we can't wait to come alongside and support you guys in the Salvation Army.